Welcome to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr., and in front of me are my two best friends in the world, Calvin McGowan and Philip Dixon. Guys, go ahead and let the people hear your voice. Uh, what's up, everybody? I'm Calvin McGowan. As always, it's a pleasure. What's up, everybody? My name is Philip, aka Milk Boy. What's going on? Milk Boy. Uh... I really wish this wasn't a family-friendly podcast sometime. Guys, we just got past the NBA trade deadline, and we've got to see one or two games, even though like half of the players that got traded aren't even allowed to play yet because trades haven't fully been finalized because of uh, injuries and whatnot, but we'll get into that later. Uh, Let's go ahead and break down some of the moves that we've already seen. To be completely honest with you guys, with all the shakeup that we've seen, I've seen some people talk about, like, this is one of the craziest trade deadlines ever. And outside of one specific move, a lot of these moves feel very lateral to me. Like, nothing big has happened outside of one big fish who is incredible. Well, technically two big fishes. But, guys, do you think any of these trades really move the needle outside of uh mr durant and irving uh, uh the lakers suck a lot less yeah do i mean i'm not sure they're good but they suck less they're not good they're not good <laughs> but they, uh, i'll just you know solidify that statement for you uh they're not good uh they have no championship aspirations but they may be above 500 are we supposed to clap for that i mean that's not a lot where the season started it's worthy of a standing ovation. But, like, when the big trade happened, people needed to figure out things and figure out ways. But once it actually, but I will say this this trade deadline was very beneficial for, for probably two people or two teams, excuse me. Outside of that, a lot of these trades are very beneficial for people. In the future, right? Mm-hmm. Draft picks being traded. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets do not look like a bad, don't have a bad roster. Like, true. If they had, like, that, that, is, that is the kind of roster where you actually bring in one or two superstars that fit and it is a good roster. It's things like that that's, that are going to be beneficial for these teams for the next year or three, possibly. Um, but obviously, in the moment right now, some of these teams have to think uh, – they, they can't think short-term. they got to think long-term because some of these teams that, short, that thought short-term, they um, – it's championship or bust, 100%. Yeah. Okay. It, is it bad that I don't see the value in the second-round pick anymore? Like, I can't think of the last dude who got picked up in the second round that was transformational – for a team. And on top of that, a lot of these second round picks are like so far out in the future that it's the the pick is going to be moved. Like everybody trading 2029 and 2028 draft second round picks. Like who 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 is that for? A child? Exactly. And that bothers me. That's that's literally that is literally a seventh grader. Or eighth grade right now. Um, so I'll say that I feel like, and maybe it's just me, and just like on some on some of the I get the devaluation of second round picks. I kind of feel like they're a little like utilized correctly. They're a little undervalued, but part of that just kind of seems to be that like teams are just bad at picking second round dudes because like you see dudes all the time that go undrafted who, like, show, like, particularly the last couple of years, who show up in the league and make an impact, yeah. right? But you still don't see see a whole lot of hits in the second round. That's an indication that y'all don't know what you're doing for real. Like, to me. It's, um... You're getting lucky. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, second round picks is what? You get lucky, and all of a sudden, you gotta, you find a player that fits well, and your system as a team, um, 
or like <clears throat> you get a player that is you know uh, less known possibly because he's from overseas maybe um, you know it's just one of those kind of things you know what I mean or a player who might have gotten a little bit of trouble or something like that and they drop in stock because you know trust in the organization uh, all those kind of things right that's right. what's going on for four uh, at this moment. There aren't obviously going to be as nearly as many, you know, uh, stars in there. But once again, if you're talking about people on a team that can be shifted around, uh, that can make a championship team without being the star player of the said championship team, yeah. that's where second round picks come into play. Uh, and then you can, once again, continue to jumble, jumble those around depending on uh, what year it is and how you see the upcoming draft class coming. Yeah. Yeah, um, guys, before we get into the big fish trades, I just want to talk about uh, John Wall. I know he got to be sick right now. He got traded back to the Rockets. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Uh, Especially after that interview came out. Like, boy, like how you how you going to go to the how you going to go back there and look at everybody in the face and be like. Y'all cool. We just going to hoop. <laughs> I mean, it is John Wall. <laughs> like. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? like what's he going to do? You know what I mean? Like, pull, pull a Gilbert Arenas? No. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not talking about that that specifically. If, if I'm Coach Silas, I don't know if I even play Buddy. If I'm the front office, they clearly don't oh, watch that podcast. I don't know if I'm – he has to be, like, an immediate buyout. Gotta be true. Like the dope. minute you pass, like here's the money go. Hey, this is so funny though. Like we, get, like <laughs> of all the teams in the league, you get traded back to the team you were just talking crazy about uh, a month prior. That wasn't on. That was an accident. That was on purpose. Exactly. Hey, he need to be a real one and go ahead and do what uh, James, what he said James Harden did. Got on that PJ was like, I'm going to Atlanta. Come with me. Like, bro, I'm not. I'm not coming to Houston. Talk to my Brett, people. James Harden's not doing that anymore. He is out there to win a championship and really prove himself since he did not get an all-star. Uh he's not an all-star game this year. So he's on a he's a man on a mission. Wait, he didn't he didn't get it at all? Like not even <clears throat> as like a no. Wow. 2011. He's averaging 20 and 11, didn't get into all-star game. I'm gonna have to look up the all-star uh rosters because that doesn't it seemed crazy. It seemed crazy. I'm trying to think of like the two guard spot, or even look, the point guard spot in the East. Cause I can't. Nah. What'd you say? Cause I can't. I'm just. I can't remember who it is. Uh, but he's definitely not. He's definitely not in. And I thought that was one of the craziest things. To tell you the truth. Oh yeah. Okay. He. Let's, let's let's talk about ooh, that's a whole the other trades, podcast. The let's go let's go ahead and talk about the rest of these uh ooh, okay. these big trades. So, all right, so I'm just gonna go because we've already we touched on Kyrie's trade I think for the last podcast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. just everything between there and the deadline. Just some of it I'm just gonna skim through because I see a name on here I barely remembered. Like I I did I didn't know he was in the league. Still okay. So anyway, the Heat traded Dwayne Dedman to the Spurs for the Dwayne Dedman in a sec in a twenty twenty eight second round pick to the Spurs for cash, basically, like cash considerations. All right, the Kings uh, got Kelser Edwards and cash considerations, and the Nets got the draft rights to David Mission. Machino, I'm pretty sure I mispronounced that. Uh, I, I don't recognize that player, but it's not going to matter this season anyway. Um, I don't have a. Do you, do you have an opinion about this? Otherwise, we'll just move, slide on through. Oh, we going big fish hunting. We do. I don't. I don't care about these little ancillary moves that are clearly for money and then like half capital. I'm sorry. Let's get straight to it. Right. Kevin Durant to the Suns. Listen. It, it old wild 14 grade that I feel like they don't talk about full details of it. Because I feel like I just learned that it was a 14 deal today. 
if the Suns don't win a championship, they are cursed. There is absolutely <clears throat> listen. Chris Paul does have to play as much the regular season as hard with Kevin Durant, so the injuries should be taken care of. As once again, we always mention this podcast that the issue with Chris Paul is that his body doesn't hold up at the end of the seasons, especially going deep in the playoffs. But with Kevin Durant, he can take it. He can take it easier, right? A lighter load. <clears throat> Kevin Durant doesn't have to worry about leadership because of Chris Paul. He can just go out there and score. And the scoring load isn't all the way on him because of Devin Booker. Period. Now, now, that that's not without saying. They can lose in oh, yeah. uh, but they shouldn't lose in the Western Conference, right? Then they're better than the Nuggets right now. They're better than the Nuggets. Um and they're better than Clippers. Um, they're better than Dallas. Um, they're better than all these other teams, right? One, they just need to be better than Dallas, the, the different Nuggets, uh, to make it to the West Conference, to make it to the finals for the West Conference. Now, can, can, can they beat Milwaukee? Can they beat 76ers? I think they have a better chance of beating 76ers than do Milwaukee. So but can they beat the Celtics? I don't know. I don't know if they can beat those teams, but they they got to make it to the finals. If they make it to the finals, they have a chance to beat anyone, at least there, a chance. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they got to they they get there, though. Okay, yeah. so they're quick definitely side my note favorite. for those of you, mm-hmm. if I'm Eric, quick side note for those of you who, like Allen, just found out it was a four-team deal, all right? The Suns got Durant and TJ Warden. The Nets, they, the Nets got Bridges. Got Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, a a dude who apparently exists in Juan Pablo Vallette. Um, tw- 2020, Phoenix's 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2027. Oh, and 2029 first round picks. The rights to swap for their 28, their their, their 28 first round pick, and Milwaukee's 2028 and 2029 second round picks. The Bucks nine is. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. That is a hilarious prospect. The Bucks got Jay Crowder. Um, that's, that's a pickup. You lost and for the quarter three. Especially for you lost, you lost Tucker. You get Crowder. That's a good pickup. The the Pacers got George Hill, Serge Ibaka, and Jordan Awara, as well as three future second round picks from Milwaukee, who I'm pretty sure don't have any more second round picks. And cash considerations from Brooklyn. Uh, hey, Pacers don't matter. Keep going. What did the Pacers give up <laughs> in this trade? Like I'm, <laughs> I feel like they got gift wrap stuff. I don't know who they gave up. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. That's I don't, a good question. <laughs> wait, TJ Warren. TJ oh, Warren, Warren, was Warren, with the Warren. Wait, yeah, yeah, TJ Warren was with the Pacers. Is it wrong in my mind thought he was with the Bucks for some reason? You said what? My mind was like, for some reason, until you brought it up, my mind was like, Warren was on the Bucks. I don't know why my mind thought this. Hey, I still thought TJ Warren was on the um, Phoenix, but I know that was like three, four years ago. But that's... Warren was with the Pacers when... No, he... You, you mean Pacers, right? Because he was Jordan, Jordan was, he was, Jordan was, was with Phoenix too. Yeah. Like at the beginning of his career. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but look, this this trade means so much in in like the overall landscape of the league. Like we're okay. back to saying the Suns are actual front runners, at least the top four team in the league, and. I still do not think they have enough. I think giving up uh, Mikhail Bridges is drastic for their defense. I like Kevin Durant. <clears throat> Kevin Durant is not about to be your primary defender like Mikhail Bridges was. But but is Kevin Durant going to score more than Miles Garrett would give or Miles Bridges would give up? Yes. Yes. The plus yeah. minus. But like then, the kind of dude, we the kind of dudes that. Bridges had would have like tended to have to guard 
were the kind of dudes that like can score like can put up numbers kind of like KD. And I don't but, think KD can guard those dudes. But also the go the, try. But also to go to counteract my own point, Miles Bridges also doesn't miss games. Right? It's like, what was it? Before the trade, he hadn't he hadn't missed a he hadn't missed a game since his junior year of high school. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's such a dope stat. I'm not gonna lie. That's really that's crazy. That's crazy. That's absolutely dope. Because they were like, uh, Cam was, uh, the press conference next to him was like, he was like jittery because he wasn't playing. He was like, I need to play. What, what, what time's the game? Because uh, he wasn't playing because he, he always plays. Right. Uh, so just the dependability, because Kevin Durant does get some tic-tac um, nagging injuries, right? So just, yeah. in, just in case of dependability. That also uh, goes in. Uh, uh, Most dependable player on the Nets roster in years. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. And he's coming off the MCL sprain injury, and I'm, I'm concerned. Their best players or the people who's supposed to be leading this team are old. These are older players. Like Chris Paul has taken a step back. Kevin Durant still looks like Kevin Durant, but. How much longer we got with we got with KD? Like I, I love this oh. dude's game. I just I'm concerned about about this team. Like I like Booker. He he still got to prove himself as far as I'm concerned. I in like what, in what way? He said what? They went, they went to the finals. So in what way does he prove himself to you? I think. Chris Paul was more important in getting that trip to the finals than Devin Booker. And if we're going a second player, Aiton was really big on that run. Like, he outplayed Wait, on, Jokic. He outplayed Jokic at some point, man. If released two games in the final, he played, he almost matched Giannis's production. You were tripping, Alan. I don't even like Phoenix, but you trip it. <laughs> I'm not a big Phoenix fan either. I just, I oh, I can, oh, I can tell. That take you just had was kind of crazy. I'm okay with I'm I'm okay with having the take. Like I had a Booker though. Booker for that finals run was huge. Like mm-hmm. he he <clears throat> took he takes the load off of everyone, literally everyone. So imagine what he's going to be able to do with Kevin Durant on the court. And he's not passive. Like, sometimes Kyrie, Kyrie's not passive, but sometimes he, he can come off as a little bit of yeah. passive uh, when playing next to, like, a superstar like Kevin Durant. I don't know, but I don't believe that Devin Booker will be passive by any degree because that boy wants to score, and that's it. He don't care about assists. He don't care about rebounds. He don't care about the hockey assists. He don't care about steals. He wants to score, and he's going to score. So with that combined with Kevin Durant, who's going to do what he's going to – Kevin Durant, just from his presence on the court, is going to be their number one option. Just, they can say all they want. Devin Booker's our, he's our, he's our guy. He's, he's been here for his whole career. As soon as Kevin Durant takes one step on that court, he is the number one option. And it's not – to Devin Booker's fault, Devin Booker is a really good scorer that we see once every three years. No one's right. Kevin Durant. So like, so like, I, 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 I'm also curious about this this continuity. But they all play differently enough that it should work. But I still have questions defensively, like I do for the Mavericks. Yeah, you have yeah. the worst so, defense, the worst defensive backcourt in the NBA. We we as as we're gonna get to them in a couple of well, seconds. I got yeah. so I so dealing with the the Suns, right? And I know you're only interested in like the big deal trades. Um, why would they trade for Basley? Basley, not a clue, bro. I'm gonna be real with you. I have no idea. Um, the only okay. thing I could possibly think of is you want another athletic, young, six nine, rangy dude that could 
possibly be a monkey wrench for teams on defense. Like, with all that length and athleticism and him being youthful, you can kind of just, like, go mess stuff up. And at six foot nine, that's pretty important, but I have no idea what Basley does offensively. So I didn't even think he was very good with the So Thunder. like this right, the Suns. All right, so the 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 Thunder traded Basley to the Suns for Dario Saric, the twenty twenty nine second in cash. Oh, they just want a Saric up off the roster. <laughs> That's what Why? that is. <laughs> it was like, Why? Slow. I'm you like just- ha- Hmm? Like, my biggest thing, it has to be pace. Like, if okay. you go look at their roster outside of um, Bismack Biombo, they are maybe Jock Landale. They're made to, to get up and down the floor. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Ishmael Wainwright. He's still out here. Still out here repping for the city. <laughs> repping for the city. That's yeah, right. man. Uh, this this team, the jury's not out on them. I gotta see more of it. I really want to see. I have. I hate to be the nerdy dude on the podcast. I need to see what those defensive analytics are gonna look like. Cause, um, I do not know if the cause what. Was my man that just got traded? Mikael Bridges got up to what, like eighteen points a game this season. Yeah, I, both him and correct correct me if I'm wrong too. Both him and Johnson were two of their better defenders. <coughs> like, exactly. So are we looking at the Nets 2.0? No. I mean, it's definitely better defense than that Nets team. The bar, the bar is incredibly low. Yeah, the the bar is in the trash. But if if we go from thirty to twenty. That's still low. And I get this is probably going to be like a top three offense. So were like, the Nets. The Nets were the best offense when everybody was healthy. I'm just, I've seen like, this movie before. Like the thing though with those Nets was like, it wasn't just that they were the worst defense in the league. They were one of the worst defenses historically. Right? This this team is definitely better than that. They like they should be a they should be a really good team even if like they're only like a top twenty offense I mean defense. Um, the question though is still kind of like, you know, like who's gonna guard those perimeter dudes? Yeah. Like, because let's be real, KD's not that guy. Even for people who want to be like, oh, right, he's been playing good defense and it's just like he hasn't been playing good like man defense. He plays he, he's fine, been helping. He, he plays fine defense. He plays good help defense. But I'm not going to praise a 6'10 guy for playing good help defense because that's what you're supposed to do because you're 6'10. So, like, I've, this whole narrative around coming to his defense is ridiculous because you, you'll never call him a good defensive player. Like, good defensive player is not what he is, which is fine because that's not what you want on the court for, right? He is an adequate defensive player. Who plays okay. good defense because he has a length for it. Period. Right. Guys, you know what? I think I'm gonna have to eat crow on this. Josh Okogie is a solid perimeter defender. I love Tory Craig. And I think this opens up a window to get more uh minutes for Wainwright. They still got the sun still? Mm-hmm. They still gotta play. Let's move on to something that is drastically more fun and stupid at the same time. This Dallas Mavericks trade with Kyrie Irving and Doncic. Have y'all seen the game of them playing together yet? Uh, I saw one of them. I I haven't. I looked at the score. They scraped one. Who are they playing that game? Kings. Yeah. I thought they lost to the Kings. No, but he's like. Okay. They, they did. Cause like, Fox went something like fourteen straight points, something like that, in overtime. Yeah. Here's my thing with this. If y'all noticed in that game, a lot of minutes were played off and on. And I don't mean like on ball, off ball. I mean like somebody on the bench and then you put the other dude in. 
which I know they're still trying to figure out rotations and everything between these two dudes. Maybe you should have thought about that before you traded. It's in their defense. They weren't gonna. They they weren't gonna like. They weren't gonna get uh, Dantich help any other kind of way. They clearly weren't about to do it in the draft. They sure. They like they. They certainly weren't about to do it in free agency. So they had to trade. I'm. I'm not sure if that trade should have been Kyrie, but that's beside the point now. This trade was fine. This trade. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, scale of one to ten, this trade was a seven, a seven, um, initially. Then Kevin Durant went to Phoenix, and this trade went down in value because now you just know you're not going to win. I mean, well, I, I mean, I mean, they knew I, they I didn't think before. they were going to win anyway. I mean, but they had more. I would trust them having a chance. Hypothetically, having a chance to beat the Nuggets than this Phoenix team, like a thousand percent, because because of the, because of the parts, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, Luca's gonna do whatever Luca does, and Kyrie's gonna do whatever Kyrie does, but Chris Paul's gonna work hard on defense, crafty, get people in foul trouble, doing all kinds of Chris Paul stuff, and then they have two shooters and two scorers like Durant and um, uh, uh, Booker. Counteracts it, but with the Nuggets, you know you have Jamal Murray, but you have a lot of other role-playing guards. Then you have <clears throat> Jokic, who plays different and down low. But Phoenix has Aiton. You know what I mean? So just like in terms of matchups, in terms of um, the intertwinedness of these three teams together, um, once again. The Kyrie trade, which is a better trade, until Phoenix was like, oh, we're going to one up you real quick. Well, like the thing, though, right? So, you know, just to recap the trade, the Mavs, right, got Kyrie Irving and, and Markeith Morris. The Nets got Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, 29 first. Alan, you were right. All these picks are like half a decade out. Stupid. Incredibly. And uh, the Nets also got two future seconds. Also, probably a decade out, it doesn't say. Um, but, like, you know, on the whole thing about the perimeter defense, it's going to be hot garbage. They they can't stop anybody. <laughs> be, like, they can't, they, they can't stop anybody. Like, yeah. unless, like, here's the thing, right? The, for some reason, um... So like they had like unless they're gonna give like minutes to Nidalinka as like a defensive specialist or something, and like they're not. Um, who on this team plays defense? Reggie <clears throat> Bullock. This is my biggest issue with this trade. You traded your best two perimeter defenders, and the one dude who has the size, the strength. In the athleticism to competitively defend the elite wings in the league. And now you're giving that up to Josh Green. Because that's your best perimeter defender at this point. Maybe you can throw Morris on some of those dudes, which is cool. He can lean up against them and tire them out. But what he gonna do against KD? What he's supposed to do against Kawhi Leonard? Like the list goes on. It's just they're they're banking too much on like the offensive possibilities of this team. Like even with the Christian Wood signing, it was like you're valuing offense way too much when you've kind of learned over at least in the Luca era that it just takes more than that. Like in this this is coming from a person who has picked the Nets to win the championship the last three years. Crazy. Right? You sound like you're in pain. I don't know if y'all noticed this throughout this podcast. The only thing I've talked about is defense. I don't care about scoring anymore. Like, you, the triumphant or, like, the entire team that you have to put together that is offensively balanced enough for you guys to compete with 
out barring injury without without somebody just having a bad game. Offense is offense isn't exactly fluky, but it's so much easier to go left and right than it is with defense. Like you having a bad defensive night isn't really a thing. Somebody had a great offensive night. So it's just I do not understand any of these moves from the Dallas Mavericks. And I mean, as I mean, a person who loves the Mavericks as a franchise and as a team, it is starting to frustrate me. I can't believe I gave these people thousands of dollars for season tickets. Like this. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you, you know, as you mentioned, you liked those three, um, those three years, the Nets and the, James Harden and the Kyries and the KDs, and then uh, you're like, man, scoring, scoring, scoring. Man, it's going to be such fun basketball, and now you're jaded to the fact of offensive possibilities. You're like, forget that. It's all defensively minded here, uh, which I appreciate because, you know, <laughs> lesson learned, I guess, for you. <laughs> it, look, it, it's a lesson learned, but I was hyped because we're talking about three of the greatest scorers in this generation. We have Luka, who can be considered one of the greatest scorers of this generation. We have Kyrie, who can be considered one of the greatest scorers of this generation. And then your next highest scorer is Christian Wood, who I don't believe in. I mean, it was, it's, it's go back to that saying, right? We have all these scorers. Oh. There's only one ball. And... You know, uh, <laughs> you can only score two or three points of a possession. Um, if you have to curry, sometimes four, which is just, still out of pocket, but whatever. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, that example is an example we will all be able to take for like, future like discussions about like big threes and like which big threes, which big threes work, which big threes don't work. And right now, what's sim- simply said, if you have a big three, they can't all play fairly alike. Yeah, and like historically speaking, when it comes to big threes, one of them has to be amazing at defense. One of them has to be amazing at defense. The only time I can't think of that rule fully applying is the Heat, but they had monster LeBron. There's nothing anybody could LeBron, do with LeBron that man. Was, LeBron was a defense stop. LeBron was a defense stop. Also, yeah. Like, like it wasn't like they like, because I thought the same thing, right? I mean, you know, Boston Celtics. They had Garnett and the Heat. They had LeBron. Remember, he stopped Derrick Rose. He 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 did. And, and that was not guarding anyone. Center through point guard. It was crazy. Yeah. People forget uh, about the LeBron. I'm like, nah. I'm uh, sure some other LeBron, like the second stint clean LeBron, might have been a better player. But he wasn't more athletic. And that other LeBron was more athletic. And it was it showed on a constant basis. Bro, I'm about to cry thinking about it. The the things I would give up to have that type of basketball again. That might so, be my golden era for basketball. This man said the things I would give up to have the greatest player in his prime again. Boy, look, you can have all the toenails that I have for that to go back. I'll never regrow toenails okay. if we can have prime LeBron again. I feel like that's okay. a fair trade. I don't even know what to do with this information. <laughs> it's, more, it's more about shits and giggles, to be honest with you. But, you know, I was just so, trying to get a reaction out of y'all. So, uh, okay. Um, oh, all right. So, I'm, like, I've been looking through some, of, some of the... Let me say one last thing about defense. I'm about to give you a list of players that are virtually unplayable when you have Luka Doncic and Kyrie on the floor. Davis Bertans. <laughs> right? Jaden Hardy. Okay. I haven't seen much of JaVel McGee, but that's a lot of pressure on a dude that's 35 years old to be the shot blocker for that team. Um, <clears throat> I hate to do this to you, Theo. I love the podcast. I, I swear to God, I do. He, he almost might not be, be able to get on here. Chris Silva. Sorry, bud. Don't, don't, not sure who you are. Um, I love you, though. Promise. 
Christian Wood in McKinley Wright. That is six of their, let's roughly 13, 14 players. That's almost half the roster that you cannot play. They've already cut their, their rotation in half. So, okay, I've been, you know, digging through the numbers a little bit, right, out of, out of curiosity, um, when we're talking about the Mavericks, because, you know, we're talking about the Mavericks. Um, and so, an interesting thing, their defense to this point in the season has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right by you know points given up. Um, they don't get rebounds. They don't block shots. They don't <laughs> actually. This sounds worse the more I talk. They don't get steals. But from a like other teams have struggled to score on them. The problem for the Mavericks is that their offense also in spite of having Luka Doncic, is right on the cusp of being bottom tier in the league, right? Um, And mind you, this is with Luka putting up like 30, 10, and 10 every other night. Um, Right? Their efficiency, mediocre. Um, right, but I have to, you have to make the assumption, they got Kyrie on the, on the assumption, or the hope, that the defense wouldn't completely fall off, which may or may not be true, we will see, but it's going to get worse, it it can only get worse. So, have you looked at their depth? I've I've peeked at it. It's a thing, kind of like like I mean they're in largely the same position they were before they traded for Kyrie. If Luca gets hurt, their season's over. Yeah, right. Their season's over. They they can't win without Luca. Bro, they're they're relying on way too much. Look, we know that. The Mavericks made the Western Conference Finals pretty much with Luka doing a Luka show. And it's nice to have a secondary dude that you can kind of use as an outlet or to give a few possessions where he can just go to work and you know it's an automatic bucket. <clears throat> can you pull up Luka's... <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. That was my... Yeah. Continue. Can you pull up Luka Doncic's three-point shooting percentage. It's not good. I I remember from the last not. time I pulled it up, but I'm a, I am got you. If they're, not, if they're not on the off chance, if you can see his numbers just strictly off the catch, I would like to hear those two. I know they are not good. I, I'd have, I don't have off the catch in front of me, but uh, he's, his three-point shooting has improved. He's up to 35%. Cool. Um, he's league like average. Some, yeah, which... I mean, here's the thing. That's fine when you're Luca, but like it was, it was worse. Yeah, it was earlier like, like twenty percent. Yeah, it was it was bad. Five years ago, like I'm not, I'm not impressed that you're you you're supposed to progress at some point. It's just, <clears throat> I mean, but also like for what he does, he's not going to be a he doesn't need to be a uh above average three point shooter. He he just needs to be average for what here's he does. The, here's the thing. If you got Kyrie on the floor, and we know how Kyrie plays, you got to shoot off the catch at some point. Absolutely. I don't even know what, she, what him shooting off the catch looks like. but <laughs> Neither does he. He hasn't had to do that since he left Spain. Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't... I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm, done. Done. I'm done. I'm disgusted. Uh, bro, if they got Jaden Hardy being the second, second, third person off the bench, bro. What are we? What are we? What are we doing? I mean, what are we let's doing? move on. My stomach hurt. This stressing me out. Okay, so, um, 
I would like to talk about the moves the Lakers made, just because they're interesting, not because I think they... I mean, they move the needle. I just don't think they move it enough to matter. Um, and, you know, it's just... They had, they, they had a lot going on, right? I'm not going to go back to the, the trade for Hachimura, right? We're, we're, I'm just not going to go back that far. But, you know, the Lakers, they were busy, right, heading into the trade deadline, right? They, they've they got D'Angelo Russell back, right? Whoa. They also had— Look at how that worked. Wait, have they played since? Well, they probably played since. I don't know. How no. they uh... So like they, because like they traded, they traded. They, so they got Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Um, the Timberwolves got Mike Conley and Nikel Alexander Walker, in addition to um, three second round picks. And the Jazz got Westbrook, uh, Toscano Anderson. Uh, Damian Jones and the Lakers first here in 2027, <laughs> which will probably be a good pick if we're being honest about it. But like, still, <laughs> Bronny would be in LA to save the Lakers by then. It's okay. We don't got to worry about that. I don't think he'll be able to. Mm, no, he won't. He's gonna be an average NBA player. I think he's got a chance to be a good NBA player, but he won't be when he gets there. Like the first couple of years. This is the fact that this is a joke. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm too deep in the in the analysis. I know. <laughs> um, but you know, the Lakers flipped Westbrook's contract for dudes who would be better able to play off of LeBron. Dudes who will be better off LeBron in year 38 is a ridiculous statement. Yeah, but let's be real. That's the only reason you make this move. They're not trying to tank. I know. They they don't have their draft picks to tank with. I know you're absolutely correct. I know you're correct. But when's the last time we've ever had a team trade somebody younger than them who is like a star for somebody who's 38? Like, like the issue with the Lakers is they have a... they're always doing so much for win now, win now, win now, and they never do things for win in the future, right? LeBron's only going to be around for another two years, possibly two, three years. So what are you, what are you going to do beyond LeBron, not just with LeBron, who's aging? And if you see how he plays, he's obviously age, aging. Yes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> All right, um, so... So do y'all remember my breakdown of this uh, Lakers roster earlier in the season? Yeah. Okay. You know how I said one half is dudes that are a little past their prom, but they're still good? Right. They went straight, let's just get a bunch of young dudes that haven't done much but could do something. Right. I like Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba has taken steps to become a better player. Mm Mm-hmm. And incrementally, he does make their front court better. Yeah, he does. But that's not saying much for what they started off as. Listen, they have a bunch of role players now who are young and pretty athletic. Yeah, that Which is, is good. I mean, I, yeah, you need more athletic. You need more athletic with LeBron and AD. But... All of this does not fix the issue of AD being made out of toilet paper. Like, this man is fragile, and you can do all the building you want around him. If he's not on the court, it doesn't matter. He's on the court right now, but he's grimacing every other game. It does not matter if he's not on the floor. Um, and I'm not a, I'm, I'm, I've never been like a really huge Anthony Davis fan. But at this moment right now, you cannot build a team around Anthony Davis. You've never been able to build a team around Anthony Davis. But, but the narrative at one point was that you could, and, that, and the narrative that wasn't too long ago, right? And they were wrong. They were wrong. Very wrong. But then Even you're up against the wall. You're That's up hindsight, up. though. But you're no, up. it wasn't hindsight. It was literally well, okay, it's his hindsight entire career. You. you said what? 
I'm like, it's on, it's on site for most people that aren't you. But he, he, he made one playoff series in seven years. He was always there. You put yourself up against a wall and when your team is dependent on a 38-year-old and an injury-prone person. So what I will say, though, right, as I look at the, like, kind of look more into it, something they did accomplish with these trades is they got dudes who can find, they finally have some dudes who can shoot threes. They did. They did. Like, they, they, they massively upgraded their three-point shooting ability, which, fairness, wouldn't be hard. But an upgrade is an upgrade, and some of these dudes can should be able to really knock it down, which is, you know, what you want if your two primary dudes are supposedly, well, well our AD and LeBron, assuming they're both healthy, they're probably not going to both be healthy for any length of time. But, you know, they can dream. Yeah, look, in a person that you don't have much um, faith in is not the one that's 38. Yeah, that's true. true. I got a question for y'all. How old is Anthony Davis? 29. Yeah, he's like... 2029, 20, something like he that. He graduated. He he won national championship in 2012. Yeah. So that was that, that was that was usually, that was the year I graduated high school. So he's a year above me. He turns 30 in less than a month. Yeah, it's not good. He's uh, just I've never been more out on a player ever, bro. Because <laughs> the older you get, the more. <laughs> okay. This man is going. Into what year eleven? Yeah. In unless you're LeBron James, we see that people, most people, can't maintain. Philip, I Chris asked, Paul did a pretty good job. Chris Paul gets hurt every year. Yeah, true. Uh, Philip, I asked Calvin this last week. What is Anthony Davis' best skill? Skill. Skill. Uh, spacing the floor is a big man. You, you serious? Yeah. He he makes since he can dribble and since he can shoot, he brings the other big I, big, uh, big man out for the paint. We got some hey. bad news for you. <laughs> he can't shoot, not from three. But but he can. Dribble and stuff, so like transition, all that kind of stuff, right? It's a space in the floor, in general sense. Have you seen how he's been getting his buckets lately? I don't watch the Lakers because I don't want to waste my time. So no. Dog has been straight offensive rebounds and putbacks. Does man Dwight Howard? Yeah. Of the Wizards. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, it's... Oh, once again, I'm not. I've never been an Anthony Davis fan. Like people, are, oh, he's top three. You're like y'all lying. Like y'all don't know what top three means then. Uh, Every time I hear about like him being like a generational talent, like physically, yes. Like what he's doing right now as an offensive rebounder, it's it's crazy to look at because he just looks like he gets longer when he jumps. Like he's already a pretty big dude, but the minute he leaves the four and puts those hands up, every single time his hands are like at the top of the square. But when that's all you're really providing, it makes me wonder if he's not healthy or he's not confident. Because he, this does not look like Bubble Anthony Davis whatsoever. This doesn't even look like New Orleans Anthony Davis. I'm just, I'm baffled by what the purple and gold team is doing right now. So, I'm not. This is just, okay, so I'm not going to try and hypothesize um, what the other LA team is doing right now? Um, it's already it's too late. You already said it. you like that whatever. L coming at your mouth. Ooh, pause, pause. Sorry, that's too far. Hold on, that sounded that sounded kind of crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Moving on. I'll take the fine. I'll take the fine. Uh, what you want? So, um, something just kind of thinking about how. 
AD has been talked about and stuff I've kind of heard over time, picked up over time with him, right? Is it like, you know, it's always been this thing, you know, kind of, that thing with some big man, like, is he a four or five or whatever? And the reality being, with LA in particular, that his team plays better with him at the five. But he wants to be a four. The idea of banging down low does not seem to appeal to him all that much. Um, and actually that also kind of ignores the fact that, you know, he is kind of injury prone. I don't think he'd survive the put like full, the post full time now that I'm thinking about it. That's literally what he's doing right now, though. How many games has he played this season? You think I know Anthony Davis stats off hand? Why would I do that to myself? <laughs> I hope not. If you did, I'd be judging you. I would, I would uh, never. I would never. Uh, Let me look it um, up real quick. Um, uh, I'm sorry, y'all. Anthony, he just had too much hype. I, I promise you, if they just talked about, oh. You know the worst part about talking a lot of crap about a player without having their stats in front of you? You don't this know what their production is looking like. His, his, do you know what he's averaging for the season? Not at all. 26 points, 12 rebounds, two and a half assists. Crazy numbers. How many games he played? It just it does not look. You said 33? Yeah. According to ESPN, anyway. 33. It just, it just doesn't. Look good. He's productive. It doesn't look good. The issue is it looks good. It's just not equaling up to wins. But that's that's been his thing his entire career. Yeah. I don't know how people fell for this. (laughs) Get it? This is the empty stat man. Absolutely. He on the top seventy five list. I still I I still kind of wish I'd gotten to see. Uh, him and him and uh, cousins in the playoffs back during that whole short-lived thing. That was fun. What was that? Twenty eighteen. They were that one year, right? Yeah, it was. It was like one year. Um, and the thing is, okay, it was like a year and a half, I think. But like neither. But they were basically never healthy at the same time. Can't put injury-prone people as your forerunner of your franchise, a.k.a. what the, the Clippers have done also. Like, so. the thing is, Cousins wasn't injury-prone at the time, right? The That injury that he got during that time was what ended – is basically why he's at where he's at now in the league, which is somewhere maybe yeah. just kind of out here. Um, a little podcast. Uh, wait, wait, what? You're doing podcasts. Oh. Uh, Okay, well, the more you know. Um, but like AD, like I was like he's never his he he's not a first option, right? He looks the part, the stats are there, but as a first option, it doesn't translate into wins. And truthfully, what the Lakers would need from him now is to be a legitimate first option because LeBron, he's still LeBron, but he's not LeBron. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Like he can't carry like he used to, right? He's still got stupid numbers, right? He's averaging 30 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, and a steal a game, right? The three-point shooting is still not good. Like it's, um, it's he, his three-point shooting is not good. Right, he's settling for a lot of jumpers, like compared. He doesn't play defense, generally speaking, anymore. Like, what they need is, and the thing is, I think they had hoped that AD would be that, right? That, you know, he would get with LeBron and like they'd be successful and he could, you know, phase into being the guy for real as LeBron, you know, slowly like moved down the card, right? No longer the face of, you know, the the franchise. He's now just, like, a high-level dude. 
but that hasn't happened. LeBron is now just a high-level dude, but AD is not the guy. And, uh, like, we're all on the same page, and at this point, he's probably never going to be the guy. Right? And... Take that probably out and say definitely. Okay, he's never going to be the guy. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that leaves the Lakers in a really bad spot. This is the first time in the five years that we've done this podcast that an episode has literally made me sick to my stomach. My stomach physically hurts after discussing these trades. I I think I stressed myself out today. I'm not proud of saying that, but this, this should be stressing you out. I think this I care. Be. I think I care, which is which is mind-blowing hey. to me. I think I care too much. Okay, can you you probably do. Like AD is clearly is clear for you AD is clearly what Draymond Green is for Phil. You might have a point, but here's the thing. This this is the icing on the cake. The other trades have stressed me out too. <laughs> if we had been even got to the, like the Russell Westbrook part which, I think you're stressed. Hmm? I think you're stressed and blaming it on this. I've actually had an help. incredible, like, two days of not, like, worrying about it. Like, I was fine until, <laughs> until the last two trades that we talked about. Because they just, they don't make sense. And I, I like for things to to make sense or there to be, like, a rhyme or reason. Right. And they don't compute whatsoever. It's It's really... You ever watch a kid try to put, you know, when they put the shapes together and it's like a little baby and they just keep smashing stuff and they, it's like they got the star and they trying to put it through the square. And it was like, that's, that's not going to work. And it's obvious that it's not going to work, but you keep trying. Like, mm-hmm. I get that you got to make moves to try something new. Just none of these moves have been logical. And I've, I've had my gripes with Dallas for a long time. I've had my gripes with the purple and gold team for a long time. And it's just it's not sensical whatsoever. It is it's coming to a head at this point where it's this is disturbing. <laughs> disturbing. Disturbing is such a strong word. No, it, it is for a person who feels like they they know basketball and can I can't really draw up X's and O's, but I feel like I could put a roster together that, that fits. Which is a really hard thing to say or do when we look at the landscape of the NBA right now. It just these look like two teams that don't try to do that. They see numbers and they hear that this player is really talented and go with it in you, you're not using your brain you at all. Yeah, man. It's <clears throat> shout out to Russell Westbrook. I know he's gonna have fun in uh in with the Jazz. There's definitely gonna be a fight at some point this year with Utah. I don't know who's gonna be against, but uh I think you're on mute. Hmm. Oh, yeah, Phil, you're on mute. Well, he goes there and gets to do whatever he wants. So, I don't. I, I'm pretty sure marketing is more or less the guy down there now. Yeah, and I don't think um, what's buddy who always trying to fight that went to Missouri. George, George Clarkson? Clarkson. I don't think George Clarkson gonna let that let that man do whatever he wants. He seemed like the type that's gonna like, hey, hey, that's not what we do here. Everybody touched the ball, mainly me and Lori, but everybody touched the ball. Oh, yeah, man. This is, uh, <clears throat> I think this is about a wrap for a podcast. Y'all got anything else that you want to throw throw in here? Nope. Uh, not really. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for the most stressful episode in Traveling Hoopers podcast history. Um, I'm going to go settle my tummy uh, <laughs> after this. Uh, I have been your host, your very stressed out host, Alan Pettigrew Jr. 
uh, in front of me are my two best friends in the world, and they're going to go ahead and sign us out. Once again, everybody, I'm Calvin McGowan. It's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. If you know you're joining us on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. You know, leave something in the comments. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And apparently, God is not a fan of overtime. Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Right. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, well, go Chiefs. Um, Chiefs. Put one on for the Uh Yep. Philip Dixon. Uh, got a lot of other stuff coming out soon. You'll hear about. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, sayonara.